Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. So have you ever been in a situation where somebody or an organization expected something of you, but there were no clear details, or you weren't even aware of the expectation, but they still held you accountable for what they expected? And then if you didn't follow through on that, like you got reprimanded or they ghosted you or you know punished you in your in their attitude or energy towards you because you didn't meet the expectation that was never really communicated or explained yeah me too and I'm I've definitely been on the other end of the the giving end of giving somebody that energy whether it be a friend being in a relationship um, even with my students in the past, I've done that to where I expected something of someone, you know, and then just kind of faded back if they didn't give me what I expected, but I didn't give them a fair chance to really fully understand what those expectations are. And what I'm learning for myself is that expectations minus a clear explanation equals frustration for not just the person who has the expectation, but the person on the receiving end who we want to meet our expectations or who we need to, you know, understand or acknowledge our expectation. It, it, it causes frustration for both parties. Well, why? Because for them, it's because now they feel the shift of energy or, you know, they keep knowing that they're getting it wrong or they keep getting reprimanded if it's dealing with a job, but not understanding like, well, when did you tell me this? Well, when was I supposed to know that? Or how was I supposed to figure that out? How, you know, when did that change? Did we talk about this before? Like, so they genuinely confused and frustrated because they're feeling the consequences of something that was never clearly outlined, clearly talked about, or even presented at all. Or maybe the general idea was there, but not any clear, this is how I want you to do, this is how I want you to meet it, you know, and these are my markers for that. And then it's frustrating for the person who has the expectation because Clearly, when you have a marker that you want somebody or people, if you're in a manager position or you're, or it's for your, you're relating this to a business or a relationship, you have this marker for somebody to hit. And since they know nothing about it, they're going to not they're going to continue to not hit it. <laughs> so you're being not only frustrated, but disappointed, annoyed. Now you feel like don't nobody care about you or you're not being clear and now you're defensive. Like it's just this whole gamut of emotions that both parties are filled because the expectation was either not communicated altogether or not clearly explained. You know, and a couple of things this week made me think about this, but I really want to talk about it today, you know, because, you know, when you're working if you're a teacher, if you're going to hear me use a lot of teacher references, because that's what I do, that's what I love. So that's how I can kind of relate experiences or examples. 
So for instance, today we had a fire drill. It was the very first fire drill because we're, on we're only in our second week of school. Now, even though this is my second year being at this school specifically, in a lot of ways, it feels like my first year because last year was such an odd year. It was odd because we had about 10% of students, I would say even 8% of students on campus that we have now. So like where now I can have a class of 30. Last year, my biggest class was nine, you know, um, and that's to span over the seven classes that I see every single day. So most of my students were online. So Things were, you know, a lot of things that are set hard in stone where they may have explained kind of last year. We didn't really focus on like things as far as things that we need to focus on now, now that everybody's back in the building. Now, we did fire drills last year, but again, since we had way less students, like I don't know if they weren't taking them seriously. I don't really know. I really don't know. And it could have been also because my students wasn't dressing out. So it was a faster time. They always had their shoes on. But now my students dress out. They had their shoes on. They had their shoes off and whatnot. So usually, too, when they're drills, they usually, I mean, last year, I can't say usually because some things are inconsistent. So they would tell us when a fire drill was coming, like they'll send in an email or some a leadership will come around. And I remember last year being told by, you know, a leadership, the same one who came in and <laughs> redirected me today. He told me, hey, y'all going to go out this door. So every single fire drill, we went out the same door. And I thought, you know, this is a long route. You know, maybe nobody really used the front door, but I didn't really question it again because I got like five students max in the class. Like it was nothing. It was nothing. So I'm thinking, you know, everybody coming kind of go out the back. I don't know. I'm doing that. So today we have the fire drill. I have a full class. This is my first time really experiencing this with a full, full class. We haven't really went over any of these protocols when we had our first week of PDs, nothing that has to do with like school safety and things like that and the maps and stuff like none of this was really talked about. So the Lauren ring. And so I, I, in my mind, I do what I did last year. I was like, okay, let me grab at least my seating chart that I keep so that I can count how many students I ha have. I always keep the, the number of the students in my head anyway. And then, so we walked outside and they still had to put their shoes on. And by the time we got outside, you know, we were the last class kind of trailing out and they was telling the kids to run and stuff. And I could see people at the door looking at our class. And they was like, Miss Green, you got your green folder? I was like, what folder? You know, not knowing all these teachers got folders in their hand. I'm like, how did they know to grab these folders? <laughs> and then on our way, you know, one of the uh, counselors that was happening, she was trying to turn my class around because I was still around the corner trailing behind some of the last students who was coming around. The class is pretty big. And she started turning them around. I was like, where y'all going? They was like, the lady told us to go this way. This is our closest exit. I was like, I know, but they told me my class is supposed to go out here. And because this counselor is new, I didn't see her till I rounded the corner. And I was like, we've always went out that door. And so she didn't really stand her ground on it. Like, well, you know, Miss Green, I, and I wasn't resisting what she's saying. I was like, we just, I was really confused. Like, we've always went out this door, you know, 
And she was like, oh, okay, well, just go, just go. And I was like, oh, okay. So we went out. And then they came back around, I want to say, two periods later. And they came with <laughs> my AP. And he was the same one who pointed out, you know, the direction I should go last year. This is the same route I follow, which is both on the map. And it's in, like, highlighted green. Well, the primary is in black. And if you've ever seen an exit strategy for you know, a fire plan, if you've ever seen like a map of the building or a school, wherever you work and y'all practice fire drills, you know, it's already in black or white. So from my room in that little black line, I just really never noticed it. I've never noticed it because this is what I was shown last year. Like I'm only, you know, this is not something we've reviewed or renewed and this is no excuse. I'm just giving an explanation. Like this is the last thing on my mind because it hasn't been presented. Now, it's a loose expectation because, of course, what I know about a fire drill is when you hear that alarm, I know what it sounds like. Get your shoes at minimum, grab a seating chart, make sure you got all your kids and get out the building. I think everybody knows that from being in school, <laughs> you know, so that's what I know as a teacher. And that's really all I had to worry about last year. Well, today I could feel the energy of like, you know, frustration from two people who had to come help me or you know help me see which route I was supposed to take and we ended up doing another fire drill now I don't know if I was the only class <laughs> that got our time off you know but we ended up doing a school-wide a second fire drill the same day and they came in my room and he showed me the door we were supposed to go out of and whatnot so we met the time and I was like oh this is much better I didn't even know going out the front door was an option that's not what we did every single fire drill last year like I had no way to know that was the way I was supposed to feel this expectation and you know you may be listening to this like oh that's a small thing but to me because it's been an accumulation of things like that <laughs> over the past two weeks if you ever worked in education you know, you'll probably know what I talked about. Or even if you worked at a, in a position where sometimes, how can I put this? You know, you, your, your leadership has great leadership potential, but sometimes the expectations are unclear or there's not a system to really follow through on it. Or you know, an initiative is thrown out and because of a response to something going on, but it's not really well thought out to the point to where it's something that sustains. It's kind of just like a emotional reaction. And then, OK, we need to implement this because y'all not getting this and it doesn't sustain. So it kind of waters that like there's sometimes a lot of that. And so what can be the expectation of a certain thing one day? I have learned sometimes I don't know if that's the real expectation, you know, or the expectation is unclear. Like, hey, all of these teachers on this list are doing bus duty. OK, so we just got to walk our students out and stand somewhere in the bus area. OK, we do this for a week and a half. One special day. Now, a part of our leadership is out there and she has the bus list and she realizes, OK, we're in week two. A lot of kids still don't know where their bus is, but she's the only one with the list. She upset <laughs> clearly because she feel like her and somebody else who has a list that we don't even really know what they're looking at are the only two people helping while all teachers are just standing around. And I'm not just guessing this. 
I go back in the office because I need to talk to our attendance clerk and uh, talk to her about students. So after bus duty, I'm going out and uh, and then I hear this leadership in the office. I'm, I'm not sure who she's talking to. And I'm way like in the other section of an office. Our office is super long and super big and it has different sections with doors in between. I hear her from the way office. Yeah, me and Miss such and such are the only ones helping in. We the only ones doing, you know, this while all the other teachers are standing around and students still don't know where their buses is and nobody was helping. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, you know, like what what else were we supposed to do? You know, in, in, in my mind, that was a genuine question. And she's not at, like, I'm asking this because I hear her complaining about it in the office, which I, that's another conversation I thought was real unprofessional and tech tasteless. But, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, that's unfair because all of these teachers come out every single day. Like they come out every single day. I know that day. And that was the ironic thing that day. I delayed coming out because I had a major headache. I told y'all the other day on my podcast, um, what was that on Wednesday? I didn't feel well. So like when I let my students out, I just sat down for a moment because I still had to drive to like 45 minutes to my next job. I just sat down for a minute and it's like I have eighth graders. So they run out the door when I walk them out and they get right on. But I still stand in like that general area with our art teacher our theater teacher and we stand like in the same area all the time and so today I was like okay well they you know they can do without me today (laughs) and that just had to be the day I walked out there late and got reprimanded are you supposed to be on bus dude okay you're gonna be here starting tomorrow and I was like you know okay I had a little attitude about it in my mind and I probably showed it on my face with my mask on because I'm like I haven't even seen you out here for the past week and a half but that's cool, you know, but when I heard that in the office, I was like, well, that's unfair because teachers are probably standing around because there was no clear directions given. Like y'all said, we're going to be out here doing bus duty. That's all that was said. Now, in your mind, you may have how we should be supporting. And if one of your complaints is kids still don't know their their bus number, You're the only one out here with a list. We haven't been provided the list that you're looking at from a clipboard. And I was going to write all this up in the email because I'm thinking about this on my drive because I was so annoyed with that. I was like, man, sometimes I feel like people don't see when they about to reprimand somebody or hold them accountable for an expectation they never really explained. Or, you know, in some situations, again, Gave people an opportunity to even know existed. Now, this one we know existed. We knew we had bus duty, but there was no clear guidelines. So we're going to come outside and we're going to ask kids where they need to go. But if they don't know what bus they need to get on, all we can do is, you know, like send them to somebody who got the list, which many of the people I'm standing by, we all got eighth grade. So they're not forgetting their bus route. So mostly this is like sixth grade, like, and you know, so we don't. You know, we don't even walk out of the same door in our bus route. Like all the buses is, is super huge, it's super long outside. So and again, this is not an excuse. It's just an explanation to the point that I'm making that 
I, I walked out and I was driving like, man, that's an unfair expectation. That's an unfair judgment, I would say, of what she was spewing out in the in the in the office because everybody knew the expectation, but we didn't know the guidelines and the standards to which you wanted us to really support you in that endeavor. And sure. And in my mind, I was like, it'll be good if she had a map. Like when she when I walked out of there late and she told me exactly where I'm going to stand, that would help. It'll help if we had either a list of kids in their their root number next to it or like if we had the root numbers on the paper with the associated school, because they do buses a little bit different now, at least for our school than we did. <laughs> like they take them through an elementary school and all this craziness. But, you know, it'll be helpful if we have that. And I was like, OK, I'm going to send this email when I make it to my destination. Sure enough, when I open my email, she has sent the email and she had clear expectations. Hey, y'all. A lot of kids are just this and that. And then she had bullet points of exactly what she expected us to do. And she attached a written map of where she wanted each teacher to stand. And then she attached the bus routes. I was like, and then the very next day, which was actually yesterday, the bus route was perfect. Almost perfect. They had one, one, they had two kids that missed the bus and one of them because the teacher held them over late. And one of them, I forgot what was the reason, but she put it in the email. And today she sent a congratulatory email. She was like, nobody missed the bus. And I was like, okay, we've been doing this a week and a half. Wednesday was when a big blow up happened. But it wasn't until you sent very clear expectations on Wednesday after all your complaining that it went smoothly and it was fixed in a matter of a day and a half. That's not a coincidence to me. <laughs> and I'm not just using this to point out my leadership, but I've seen that in my own life where I had expectations for people. And it's like I had to ask myself, did I give them a fair chance to know what I was expecting of them specifically? Like, did I give this friend a fair chance to understand, you know, what I was feeling before I made the decision to lean back in the go ghost for months. You know what I'm saying? Did I give this relationship the, the, the opportunity to understand where, what I was expecting and why I was withdrawn or feeling dis <coughs> disappointed? Excuse me. Did I? And, and if you're asking yourself these questions, this doesn't mean Cause I know some, and I have to, I stop and I explain every little detail because I know sometimes when we hear things, cause I do this too, especially when it comes to relationships, you'll hear something like this and then you'll start looking at your choices you made with certain relationships and it didn't work out and you start trying to, um, relate it to that one specific relationship that was going to fail either way. Or that was going to fall apart. I don't want to say fail, but that was going to fall apart either way because certain things need to happen. And if it's supposed to come back together, it will when you get that wisdom. But I've learned too, Willie, don't try to go back and just fix everything. Get the wisdom, get the knowledge. And if it really hits, not from a place of anxiety, but if you really feel peace after you sit with it, 
to then make a move, then do that. Because sometimes getting new knowledge means that you use that new knowledge in new relationships. You know, it's just like when Jesus say, don't put old wine in new wine skin. You know, sometimes we just need to reflect and say, okay, in that relationship, I did do this incorrectly or at this job or when I was in this leadership position or when I was in this organization and I was over this project or I was over this um, company or over this project at my job. I didn't lead correctly or I didn't set an expectation. And that's why things are falling apart. Or I wasn't clear. I wasn't consistent. Sometimes it's not always for you to go back and fix. Now, sometimes God will give you wisdom and, you know, it's for you to make amends with that or for you to get that wisdom and say, hey, I, I was wrong for that. Or how do you feel about that? I never really asked you, you know, but sometimes it's just for you to get the wisdom and use it for the new wine skin, you know, that's moving forward and chalk up everything to the past as just that you know, a past experience that revealed, you know, what you need to do to move forward. And I just, I'm just inserting that because I know when I, what I used to do now, I'm way much better at it. I'm way more settled in, um, the choices I'm making in, in many relationships. I'm more settled in the decisions that I make to confront things or not confront things, where in the past I was just kind of doing things reactively, which is, well, which most of us do that, you know, as we're learning and as we grow in our confidence and self-awareness and assurity and, and ultimately self-trust. So when I would learn new information, whether about relationships or about men specifically or about myself or about communication, and I identified where I, I was the one who was in the wrong, it doesn't abdicate them of any wrong that they did, but I saw the error of my ways. I always felt like sometimes that meant that I had to go make it right with that person or with that relationship specifically. And I was always wondering when I went to go do that, why it still wasn't working out or why things still seemed strained. And it was like, cause God was like, cause I didn't give you peace to do that. This new information is so that you can make yourself anew. So when you move forward, you know, you'll have that information. Now, there was a there was a specific relationship where God was like, yeah, reach out, you know, because this one, you've never really questioned this person like there was no real you didn't get you didn't get this person no type of opportunity, you know, and they ain't done you like that. So, you know, that grace was given. So. I just I, I add that little insert because I want you to use wisdom. I'm not a guru or a genius on anything that I'm talking about. I'm only sharing my experience in the things that I'm reflecting on, the things that I'm learning and the things that I'm also observing. <laughs> like, as you can see, this experience I'm using as an example is new, but it's something that I've been mulling over because it's also something that I'm training myself on because I consider myself a leader. And if you're listening to this regularly, I know that you consider yourself a leader, too. And it takes courage to step into your leadership, no matter where you are, no matter if you're working for somebody or you're working for yourself or you're still in school or you living at your mom and daddy house. You're still the leader in your life or your 
job or your workspace or your friend, you can still show up as a leader. But you have to decide what that looks like. You can still show up as a leader of yourself in your relationships and your friendships in your kids life. You know, if you wear whatever you do as your job. And so for me with my students, I remember last year, like I had expectations, but sometimes I didn't have consistency in the way that I wanted it realized. Like, oh, we're going to dance every day. And then mostly the time we did, but then times when things like when the winter storm hit, when things got ruffled, it was like, man, last year drained me so much. And I was still pushing myself to meet certain requirements, which I don't, you know, condemn myself for because it was beneficial. But also I saw myself getting very, you know, tight on my expectations of my students while not giving the parents proper notice until the end of the year without, you know, making sure this, the, the things the students needed were reiterated, reiterated, reiterated. And part of that I had to realize, and again, this is not an excuse. I'm about to say everything I say is more so of an explanation because I don't like giving myself an excuse, but I did realize I'm so used to one pushing myself. Like I, like people say they're the toughest critic. No, I'm my t- toughest coach. Like I'm that coach that don't let up. Like as soon as I make a mistake, I need to figure out what it like. I'm that with myself. So my BS meter for other people in the things that I kind of like that other people may use as an excuse to like hold them back. And I don't say excuse lightly as a reason to like hold them back or why they're not achieving like. I can be very, very intolerant of it because I'm very, very intolerant of many excuses within myself. But I had to realize that I can't treat everybody the same. Now, I can still hold my standards and expectations, but I have to be realistic where everybody I'm dealing with is. That's one. And then the second thing is with working with middle school full time, I had to learn that Whitley, these not even college students. (laughs) I'm used to working with at least college students, you know, when it comes to grading and I'm very no nonsense with them. But I see even with my college students, they be having some of the same excuses, same things that, you know, perpetually can hold them back and and things. So I'm like, if you're dealing with some of these things, you know, in in waves with 18 to 25, 26, 27, or sometimes older with these same things, what you think you're going to get from middle schoolers who still, you know, fully under the care of their, of their parents. And I think sometimes definitely in the past last year, it was definitely difficult for me to like, even see them as like their children, children, (laughs) (laughs) like it like I especially like when I have now the responsibility of seeing them every day great now I get to set my school environment all of that like that was a shift so now I have very high expectations I still do but now I give kids every single day they do their own grading sheet so they know how they're being graded so no student should be surprised when they see their weekly grade this week you know, they know they get in grade on four criteria. 
I sent it to their parents. They had a very simple syllabus to read. I gave them a syllabus quiz. Like we spent a whole week on that. And then this week we spent a whole week on each class learning their beginning warm up, whether it was for PE, dance, or my sixth grade classes. And then I communicated with their parents. And I was like, okay, I'm going to communicate with them, their parents again this weekend to remind them, hey, now we're in the week where there should be no more clothes excuses. Make sure that they have their clothes because there's still those one or two students each class who are like, I keep forgetting. And it's like, you come to me every day. I have more grace with my sixth graders who see me like Tuesday, Thursday or like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I get that. But I'm like, no, some of y'all who see me seventh grade, and eighth grade, who seeing me every day. Come on now. Because also you got a choice to be in here. So you could have gotten your schedule changed if you wasn't going to follow the rules. But I'm not relenting. Um, so, <laughs> you know, just con- continuously being explicit about what it is I'm expecting, but also following up with their parents and making sure the principal is in on what I'm doing. And I wasn't expecting to communicate with parents every single week. I was like, okay, I'm going to communicate them the first week, you know, and probably like at the four week mark. Cause we like in the eight week series or at the fifth week mark. Cause it's a not when it's not every nine weeks, we're in nine week cycles. And then like towards the sixth week, when we're going into makeup week, like I had it all planned out. And I was like, you know, right now, maybe the parents need to hear from me every week because this weekend they probably need to hear from me to get a reminder. But I feel I don't feel like it's extra work. I feel like I want to do it because I want my expectation to be clear. Because last year I did see I did have parents who was calling me like, I didn't even know that such and such. And I'm like, how you didn't know? But when I looked at how I operate, it's like how, you know, how did you make sure everybody got this information? How consistent were you with making the parents know what was going on in your classroom? And that was the area where I needed huge growth was communicating with parents because, again, working with college, there are FERPA laws for state, but like when you're in college, there were if you went to school, there were FERPA laws around you that your parent, even if they paid for your tuition, couldn't call and ask about your grade. Like they they couldn't do that. Like you had to handle that. So I'll never have to really deal with a parent when I'm, you know, doing collegiate stuff. They got to call or they got to email and handle their grade or whatnot or take it up with the dean. So and that teaches them how to problem solve that you can't always call mama when you you know, in some type of rut, but in middle school, you know, I just kind of let the parents, you know, I guess, know <laughs> by the time their kid was failing or probably at the nine weeks. And I feel like this time, okay, I want to make sure I reiterate expectations every week, you know, um, so that the parent is in the loop. So anything, like I tell the parent, Hey, I'm committed to posting your students grade every Friday night or Sunday, but you can guarantee check it Sunday by 8 p.m. and your student's grade for the previous week is going to be posted. So every single week, you'll know where they at. So check it every single week. <laughs> and I'm going to send my email tomorrow. Hey, check your student's grade this week. This is their current grade. So if they're missing anything, if they're not doing well, feel free to email me back. Use our contact. Use our uh, text system. I'm here. 
But last year, I didn't do that. So my expectation, I had expectations, but they weren't clearly planned out. I didn't give people that that information so that they could really be successful and be involved. And that trickled down to my students too, not feeling motivated to continue to rise for their grade. So I always use those things as learning opportunities. So that's really all I have for y'all tonight. You know, if you needed something practical to reflect on or take away, um, if you're anything like me, Something probably popped in your head as I was talking about my scenarios and being in situations about either knowing I have an expectation and not sharing it with somebody very clearly or not giving people, you know, markers as to how I want to reach and realize. Or if you're on the receiving end where you feel like, hey, I feel like this person or this job does has expectations of me that I feel like I keep failing So maybe I need to ask, hey, what are your expectations of me in this area? Because I feel like I'm doing it wrong or I'm, I'm being reprimanded or punished for a standard I didn't know was there. And I don't want to keep, you know, not doing my job right or I don't want to disappoint you as a friend or as a partner. I want to make this work like what is there something I'm missing? And sometimes it's just a confrontation of that of that conversation is confronting that head on because for me with the bus situation all that I was sure ready to send that email and that was a first for me to even have that idea but you know something I ask every morning is and I'm trying to stay in the vibration of solutions you know people may be in the in the realm of complaints and I'll give myself about five minutes to complain and vent to myself but after that I'm like hey okay what is a solution you can offer? What are the questions that you, I ask myself, what are the questions that you have? If you had to confront this person with a question, what is it that you want to know? Don't let yourself stay in confusion and say, I don't know, or I don't know what to do. Even if you don't know what to do, what would you want to know in this situation? And asking myself that question when I'm unclear or I need to ask a question, it allows these new questions to generate. Well, you know, if I heard you over say in the office that you felt like many teachers were standing around, only two teachers were helping and kids still didn't know their bus route. It's like, okay, how do I help a student know their bus route if they don't know it? And I don't have any guide that tells me what bus they're supposed to be on. So that would have been a question, you know, um, that she ended up remedying anyway, by the time, you know, by the time I set my stuff down I was still in the car about to write this email. I opened my email. She had already sent it. I was like, see, you see how God worked, <laughs> but I was heated. Cause I was like, this happens, you know, more than I feel like it needs to, you know? So to me, the expectations aren't clear, but the expectations are there. And I'm in, If you're anything like me, again, I take what I do seriously. I don't like nobody, you know, I can't deal with what everybody thinks, but I definitely don't like it being perceived that I'm not following through on my job or I'm doing like the bare minimum. Like I'm not going to intentionally just skip a meeting. I'm not going to intentionally skip out on my responsibilities that I know I'm supposed to do. You know, I may not always like it, 
but I'm going to still do it because that's what I'm getting paid for. That's what I'm here for. That's part of my obligations. And as long as God is putting me in this position, then this is what I'm going to do. You know, because everything that I'm attached to right now, I believe is purposeful work. I don't do, I try not to do nothing out of alignment. That's just me. So when I feel like I'm in alignment, no matter how much things, people, places get on my nerves, I always ask God for wisdom and to give me peace in where I am. And this is just a side note. And what I'm about to say is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's for people who know without a shadow of a doubt, you know, you are a leader, a real leader in some capacity. And a leader doesn't mean one million followers. It doesn't mean that you got to be internationally known or have a billion dollars. A leader, you know that you're supposed to be a phenomenal wife and a great mother. A leader means you know that you're supposed to be the leader of that church group. A leader can mean you're supposed to be a leader of that usher board, that uh, choir. A leader can mean you know you're supposed to be the president of that organization this year. A leader can be you know that you were supposed to speak up and show what you know and show, you know, your leadership skills when it comes to your craft in whatever space that you in, whether it's at a school, whether it's in a program, whether it's in a company, there's there's a leader in you. And when you know God has bigger plans for you to rise and shine, sometimes God moves us slowly. And I know it took me a long time. When I say long time, I mean this year, I'm finally finding peace in how God, the timing in which God is progressing me. Because God has exposed me in certain places and then There have been times where I'm like, man, I'm so glad God didn't elevate me too soon. I'm so glad I didn't get here too soon because if I would have experienced this a year ago or even some months ago, I would have turned up on Helen over here. And I'm just using Helen as an example, (laughs) you know, but now, okay, that wouldn't work here. That would definitely have all eyes on me and send me home. Um, or, you know, so I'm glad God developed my character for this opportunity before I got here, or I'm glad God didn't let me work in this position because when I went through this, that would have raised all types of red, red flags and red eyes. And I wouldn't have gotten this opportunity, you know, years later with this organization. So it's been things where, You know, I just thank God for covering me to where now I'm so very happy that, you know, I am where I am. That doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated sometimes with where I am, knowing what I have to offer. Of course not. Because sometimes when you got something so great to offer and you're working with or under people who... Their vision is not as big as the vision God has downloaded in your spirit. That can sometimes be stifling. And it doesn't mean that you're better than somebody. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that you're you're living and working towards a greater purpose. And sometimes when you're moving like that, 
everybody not moving with that. Some people are moving and their motivation is money. And that's a strong motivator. But you're going to make certain decisions at crossroads that somebody who's working for purpose won't make. So they may look the same, but they're different. You you may be in contact with somebody who's working for titles and accolades and in prestige and spotlight, which is very different from somebody who's pursuing purpose. You know, so you may be working with somebody who's only pursuing security and they think this specific job is going to secure that for them because that's what their mom or their daddy or their grandma or their family has always told them. And that's very different than having a vision and pursuing a level of purpose because there are certain levels of sacrifice. There are certain things that you commit yourself to, certain even opportunities where you know, (laughs) you know, like, whoa, I have way more to offer. I just want to do my thing here. You know, but what's going on? Like, why well, I feel sometimes like the walls getting shorter or the, or the ceiling getting shorter. But that's God expanding your character and what God planted on my heart today, because I'm making this episode for a reason. Because um, this episode came out of me feeling frustrated and God gave me peace because I'm always looking for learning things. But God was like, hey. Where I have you is intentional. And what I know for sure for me is that God respects order. And so sometimes when I want to get out of order, meaning that when I want to say or do things or go about things in a way that I could be right, I could be very well right, but because I'm in the material position that I am, I'm in, could put me in a position to where I mess up what God is doing because I'm out of order. So if you think about the the king days, like the pa- the matriarch days, I think that's what it's called, like when they had kings and queens, um, even the queen couldn't approach the, the king Unless she was called and sometimes he wouldn't call his queen to see him for months. So if a queen approached him when she wanted to or how she wanted to, she can be beheaded and she's the queen. Like that's how it was. And I don't mean this to put us back in the stone ages, but I'm using that as an example because God respects order and I love the story of David in the Bible because David was anointed king at 15 and then God put him under Saul's leadership and Saul initially loved him. He loved him as a warrior. He loved him as a musician. But then one day, all of the village people, all the people in the kingdom and the village people were singing this song like Saul has killed a thousand And David has killed tens of thousands and Saul burned with envy because this is something he already knew. But now the people are recognizing his greatness over somebody who's in a higher position than he is. And I never fully, you know, I don't want to speak this on the Bible because I don't really know. I don't know if Saul already knew that David was anointed king 
but it would have him reference like if he's already doing that and he's already, you know, in this position, what's next? He going to take the kingdom. So this turned Saul's eyes green. So this man that he loved, that this man is a musician that he respected, that he used for his talents because David was just naturally great at what he does. Now Saul spent the next 14 years trying to kill this boy, literally kill him, <laughs> literally kill him. Like these Bible stories be wild, but I, I believe it's, it's a psychology book too, that sometimes that's how life works. Sometimes it'll be your own mentors who, you know, I heard, uh, one of my mentors say this, he was like, some people want to put you under their wings so you don't soar higher than them because they already recognize your greatness. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like that was mind blowing. And yeah, that's the peace God gave me today. Like right now, you got to respect order. Because this is where you are right now. You do work for somebody. You do work for a company. You do work for an organization. And though I love my job, there are some things where I'm like, man, I look forward to the day. <laughs> but if it's like I don't embrace this season and learn how to follow and learn how to be under leadership, no matter how, you know, we're on the spectrum, they reside on how well they're doing if I don't learn how to be under leadership, then I won't take the lessons that I need when I'm in a different position. And I don't want to miss that because what David so clearly did is that he allowed that season to develop his character, even when he didn't understand. Saul was whole trying to kill him and he still tried to love on that man. And that's why I saw sometimes he would have these moments where he'll snap back and he'd be like, David, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to kill you. Like, whole like just crazy like he this man seeing whole green and then he'll snap back but when you think about that's the same way judas did jesus he cried when he kissed him on his cheek the kiss of betrayal because he like dang i know what i did but this this money blinded me but at the same time you've been nothing but good to me and um like we're not exempt from those experiences we're not exempt from that journey and that journey is supposed to develop our character. Um, and I and I, I don't know why, you know, I was led to share that. If it was for you, it was for you. I don't know why that was relevant to this conversation because I'm trying to make a connection. But it is what it is. It's going to go right there. If the message was for you, you know, you make the connection. Um, because it all works together. It's all necessary. So. You know, just remember that expectations minus a clear explanation equals frustration. That math makes sense to me. So I love y'all so much. If you want to reach out to me, I'm on Arts Feminine on Twitter, The Feminine Arts Academy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Wondering Whitley on Instagram and Facebook, and Wit Wit Hooray is my personal Instagram page. I love y'all so very much. I'm thinking about you. I'm lifting you up in my spirit. And remember, get in alignment and receive your assignment. Talk to you soon.